good morning, everyone. Stand this morning as we open in worship. The great old hymn, this is by request. Sing along with us. Well, so glad morning when this life is over. seems to take you back a little ways does it not glory to his name and that's what we're here to do today is to sing glory to the greatest the most precious name of all is that all right it's good to see you here this morning at sunset hills if today's your first time to be with us thanks for coming this way we're glad you chose to come to church this morning and make this a place where you could take some time to sing those praises to God and if it is your first time, we'd love to make sure. Well, first of all, we hope that you've already felt a really warm welcome 
We'd also like a chance to get to know you. You can send us some information there by texting hi to that phone number, or you can do it in an old-fashioned way by just going out into the foyer, and there are some folks out there who would like to take your name and information so that we can get to know you a little better. You glad to be in church this morning? Are you thankful? Thankful for many, many blessings, right? One of the things that you should do. We're not, I don't think this is on our lineup, but this, is a, this would be a song that would have been sung many years ago at this particular time. Is count your many blessings. And then it goes on to say, name them one by one. This is a week that we've set aside to count the blessings. We should do it all the time, but this is a week where the whole nation should stop and count the blessings. Let's do that right now by praying to our Heavenly Father. God, we thank you for this day that we can come into your house and sing praises to you, to sing glory to that beautiful name of Jesus for what he did for us. And Father, I pray as we, in this country, we, we, we would just stop this week, not just this week, but that all weeks, every day, to count the many, many blessings that you've given to us. Help us slow down just to realize how terribly blessed we truly are. And help us be grateful as we talk about that today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's continue to sing this morning. As you know, through the month of November, we've been celebrating all the great hymns of faith. And uh, this was the last week that I had, so I pulled out all my favorites. So I hope you enjoyed these this morning. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, and I see the stars, and I hear the rolling thunder, Ah. 
of thanksgiving. We just offer this offering of praise. Lord, it's, it's not a sacrifice because God, it's so easy for us to praise you. But Lord, it is an offering. And God, I, I just hope that you see our hearts. Speak to us here today, God. Remind us of all we have to be thankful for and let us give you all the glory. We love you in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated today. I, I'm just wondering, do you, do you feel the same way I do? That um, It seems like earlier and earlier in the year, our, our culture, our society seems to be just uh, going from like Halloween into Christmas. Like Christmas seems to be all the commercialism that's happening seems to come about much sooner than ever before. It's like there, there's hardly any attention given to Thanksgiving anymore. I mean, it's like, uh, and, and if there was some kind of attention given to the actual day, it's typically around Black Friday. Has anybody done any Black Friday shopping already? Yeah, it's like, it's been going on already for two weeks, and Black Friday is not until this coming Friday. It's like, but... I tell you, it's just like we seem to just, it's sadness to me that we are skipping over Thanksgiving. Now, to me, I don't know if you're with me or not, but Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. I truly enjoy it. It's not the food. I mean, that's part of it, and there's no doubt, but it's like I've always just enjoyed this time, in, in, in our case, Family has always gotten together. My, my family, my mom and dad, we always got everybody together. And now uh, it seems to all of our family, we're, we're, we have lost many of them, but those that, can, the next generations, they're coming to our home. And we enjoy having them gather around our table. But it's more than just that. It's like there seems to be just a, if, if we just take advantage of it for there's a little bit more opportunity for downtime where there's not so much happening. I don't know about you, but that's how I feel. But it's not just the family time. It's not just Black Friday that takes place. And, and I enjoy looking at those deals for Black Friday. I've actually already bought some tools uh, of Black Friday. Yeah, so I get that. But it's a day that we really set aside. We should to thank the Almighty God for the blessings as a nation that we enjoy. And we still are one of the most blessed, if not the most blessed nations on the face of the earth. But it's also more than that. Thanksgiving is an outward and an inward communication of how we're grateful to God for all the things that he's given to us, not just as a nation, but as individuals. Whether it's those things that are physical or spiritual or material, if you're a maturing Christian, there should be evidence of a growing spirit of thanksgiving that develops in your life. However, thanksgiving should not be a day that we just celebrate once a year. 
As Christ followers, we should make an intentional effort to celebrate each and every day and to appreciate all the things that God has given to us, those blessings, daily, if not more than that. Our lives should be filled day to day with a spirit of thanksgiving. It should be a spirit, a habit for us as believers. The Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, that our lives are to abound in thanksgiving. So then, watch this, so just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thanksgiving. The more you do life with Jesus Christ, the more these, it should transform you as you work through this verse, all of these things, as you live your lives in Him, as you're built up in Him, as you are strengthened in the faith in Him, the more we do that, it should transform us into having a positive and grateful mind and soul. There's really not room for believers to be bitter. Right? Amen? Uh, are you with me? There's no room for people who are Christ followers to be bitter. And we get to the end of the sermon, I'm going to give you some things that really reinforces that. When we encounter Jesus Christ, if you were bitter at one point, you should now be totally grateful for your new relationship with Him, and it should have transformed you. It's a sign that Jesus Christ is living in you when you have a heart full of gratitude. Colossians 4.2 says this, that we're to be devoted to giving thanks. Watch this. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful, and say it. We're told to do that. It's an act of expressing specific gratitude to God for the blessings that He's given to us. But the sad truth is, many people aren't grateful. Maybe it's some of us sometime or another. When it comes to having a spirit of thanksgiving, we fall short. It may not be that we're intentional about it, but I think quite obviously or and without a lot of... Um, that there's opportunity for us to just forget about being grateful despite all the blessings that God has given to us. So today I want to talk to you about the attitude of thanksgiving. But before I do, I need to take a drink of water, all right? The attitude of thanksgiving. And there's a story in the New Testament that shows the difference between gratitude and ingratitude. Um, some desperate men that plays out much like we do life today. You want to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. And that's where we're going to read from. <clears throat> now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border of Samaria and Galilee. 
And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when they saw him, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? When no one was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner, then he said to himself, to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. It's an amazing story, really. We stop and think about these ten men. We've seen stories like this over and over in the New Testament, had leprosy, they're suffering from maybe what was at that time one of the most dreaded diseases of all they were outcasts of society they were just like remember if you were here last week the woman who had the 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 unclean spirit the the bleeding process that was she was been uh, she had, that had been going on for 12 years. I'm going to get my words together here in a minute. But for 12 years, she'd been going through this problem and, and had been an outcast, and these men were sort of like that. The, the neighbors feared them. The church didn't have anything to do with them. Their movements were restricted. They were without friends, family, or a future. All thrown together through a common tragedy without a home, but more importantly, had no hope. And Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem and somewhere between Samaria and Galilee, encounters this group of lepers as they're standing, as the law requires, some distance away. Couldn't get close. And as he approaches, one or maybe all of them yells out, Jesus, Master! Have pity on us. We don't know how they came to know about Jesus, or, or maybe they had heard about it as so many times it happened where people all of a sudden they recognize this Jesus and they start, they start calling out. Maybe they saw him as their only hope. And they say, have pity on us. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of kind of theology behind this, but this is what it says to me. They're calling out in their desperation. We are in desperate need. Will you pay attention to our situation here? They seem to say, will you care about us right now? What can you do for us? Maybe they were wanting some money from him. Maybe they were in need of some food or, or possibly maybe they even saw him as being the one who could heal them whatever it was they have a cry out and they say have pity on us but Jesus doesn't give what they think they're going to get at that particular time they they don't they don't even say hey heal us they just say they just yell out have pity on us and then he does something that I think is a bit strange. He doesn't say, okay, I'm going to give you this, or I'm going to take care of you. He commands them to go to the priest. 
Now, in their minds, they must have been thinking, wait a minute, we can't go to the priest. We ask you to have pity on us, but here you are, you say, go to the priest. Don't you see the way we are? We can't go to the priest. It was forbidden for them to do so. But for whatever reason, they do something that I think is just as strange as what Jesus does. They follow his instructions, and as they begin to go, an incredible thing happens. A miracle begins to happen in their life. And the leprosy started disappearing as they're going toward the, where the priests were. I mean, can you imagine what that must have felt like? I don't know. I was thinking about this, and I, I, I couldn't help but think back on when I went through heart surgery. I was thinking about all of that. You know, it's like, I know for a fact that Jesus, that God healed me of my heart surgery, of my heart problems, okay? Now, he used doctors in order to do it, but nonetheless, the healing was provided by God himself through the doctors. Now, I will say it was somewhat of a process that that happened. And in fact, after, after I had the heart surgery, as you well know, it took some time for me to get well completely. I had to have some recovery time in order for that to happen. As I look back on it, even then, even though I wasn't completely healed at the time, my chest was still hurting, my ribs being pulled open, I was sore for a long time. Even though it took some time for me to get over that, I knew without a doubt that soon after I woke up that I had received a miracle from God. Okay? That's part of the healing process. To me, that is God working in our lives that we are able to heal. However, it took me several months. In this particular case, these men who had been having this illness for a long time, they had been outcast. Thank you that you didn't put me out of church when I had to have heart surgery. They had to be away from everyone else, but immediately as they begin to follow his instructions, things begin to happen on their body, and they were amazed and joyful at what took place. Look at my hands. All of a sudden, they look normal. They look like other people's hands, like my hands used to. I don't have to drag my foot anymore. I, maybe they looked at each other and said, Man, your face, it's, it's, it's incredible how it's changed. And I'm sure there's just for a, a moment there, they had to be just in awe of what was happening to each other. Conversation would be normal. Things would be, be talking about what had just happened. And then all of a sudden, one of them, you know, maybe we ought to go back and thank Jesus for what he just did for us. We didn't ask for a miracle, but this is what we got. All ten of us, not one of us got left out. Maybe we ought to just go back and show us, 
selves to him and say thank you. And then probably one of them said, well, now wait a minute. He said, go on and show yourselves to the priest. Maybe we ought to do that. If we go back to him, maybe we'll go back into uh, kind of the way it was. No, we don't want to do that. I, mean, I don't know what the conversation was, but there's one who decided to turn back while the other nine kept going. One decided that I'm going to do, go back and express my appreciation to Jesus when everybody else. Now, can you imagine? Come on, don't, don't, don't go back. The rest of us are going. The majority are going. You ought to follow along with the crowd. You ought to just get with the program. You know, don't expect us to join you. We're going to go on like he told us to do, but one, one goes against the peer pressure. He goes back. He just has to say, thank you. Ten men healed, and only one goes back to say thanks. Now, oh my goodness, there's so many lessons that could be learned out of this. You know, that's not really the focus, but just a, briefly a lesson or two. And the only person that they could find hope in, it was Jesus. Really and truly, that's the only person we can find hope in. We can see how they approached Jesus very humbly. There's a lesson there. Without demanding their demands to be met. We could talk about their obedience of how they immediately did it follow through with his instructions? We, we could be impressed with their faith and how they did not question what Jesus offered to them that when they decided to go to the priest. But, but that's not what they're famous for. Lessons to be learned, but that's not what the Bible records happens. Instead, their being famous was for something that was less than flattering at least for nine of them. It's how only one returned to thank Jesus, and the other nine kept going. Why? wonder why the other nine didn't return. I mean, their lives were radically changed. Their lives were literally given back to them. But yet there's no acknowledgement. Only one returns and thanks Jesus. And in verse 17, it, re it records the response of Jesus. We're not all cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? I mean, there's a whole other lesson there about the fact that he was a Samaritan that we won't go into but Jesus' emotional response to the ingratitude of the nine gives us kind of a glimpse into the heart of God. Jesus was disappointed that only one returns with gratitude. Only one was thankful. How much does that look like us? We may take God's goodness for granted at times just like the nine did. 
we receive these incredible blessings from God, and I wonder how often it is that we fail to thank Him for what He's done. Psalm 103, verse 2 says this, Blessed be the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His blessings. In too many cases, I think we forget to return to say thanks to God. Now, when you think, why, why do you think this is? Why are we so inclined to forget God? Why are we such an ungrateful, ungrateful people when we fail to go back to Him? You uh, say, so, well, I, I, I'm not that kind of person, really. At times, maybe. Why would it, what would cause us to do that? Well, a few things. First of all, selfishness. We can be selfish toward God because of our busyness. We're consumed with ourselves and our own situations that quite often... Am I preaching to anybody except me? Okay. That we just simply forget to thank God for what He's done. Maybe that's one of the, the biggest obstacles to being thankful to God is just being busy, so busy that we're tired and worn out. Maybe out of our selfishness, we think we are a product of our own doing exclusively. In other words, what I have, I got myself. We can also be selfish in our appreciation to others. So busy, consumed with ourselves in our own situations, we simply forget to thank people for what they do for us. We totally miss maybe when someone is doing something nice for us because we're so consumed with our own indulgences. We get caught up in the busyness and rushing around. Here's another reason. Affluence. We live in an affluent culture. I don't care where you live in America. You still live in an affluent culture. Uh, here's an example. Anybody, anybody, was anybody living 100 years ago? No? Come on. You're not that old. I mean, close, but not quite. All right. I, 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 should I ask who's the oldest person here? How close are we to that? No, we'll just go on, all right? A hundred years ago, watch this. A hundred years ago, the average size of a house was 1,048 feet. Okay, 1,048. Do you know what the average size of a house is today? 2,464 square feet. And I'm sure that doesn't include Nolansville or Brentwood. I'm sure they're like more, much more than that. Just go up the street, it's like 18,000. In 1920, only 1% of American homes had both electricity and indoor plumbing, though both were on their way to becoming mainstream. 
It wasn't until 1925 that half of American homes were wired for ele electricity, and even in 1940, a third of U.S. homes still lacked a flushing toilet. It wasn't until like 1982 that my grandmother moved into an apartment that had a flushing toilet. We had to go outside to the outhouse. Look how far we've come. That's just one example of how affluent we are compared to the rest of the world and compared to any other person at any time of existence. We are rich beyond our wildest dreams. This week, we'll eat meals that people in most parts of the world will only dream about. We live a life of such incredible ease and luxury that we, so much, we don't even think about it. We don't think so. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I mean, I enjoy my home as well. It's not 1,048 square feet. It's more like 2,700 square feet. What two people need with 2,700 square feet, I don't know. But we're not selling it anytime soon. Lynn's got too much junk in it to clear out. This is not a two-way conversation here. Who said that? <laughs> Lord, did you notice? I'm thankful for everybody but. <laughs> you would think with all of this that we have in this country, that we would be the most grateful people here on earth. Often the affluence does... All the affluence does is really get us to the point to where we want more and more. Yes, I want more tools. Don't judge me. <laughs> it's very hard to be grateful when we can't be happy with what we have. Another reason that we're ungrateful people is because of pride. We're prideful. It kind of goes back to what I said a moment ago. We somehow think that we've earned all the things that we have, and we deserve it. We say to ourselves, I've worked hard. I've done all this. I've studied for those grades. I earned that reward. I've deserved what I've got. When my brother died... One of my brothers wanted me, wanted us to sing. I mean, Rick was unique, <laughs> to say the least. All of us are unique. None of us brothers are alike. And Rick was certainly, I mean, he, he, he was a black sheep. Just let me say it the way it was. And Well, <clears throat> he and I had a conversation 
several conversations before he passed away. He, he knew he was going to die soon and had opportunity. And this all happened right before I had heart surgery. And um, really about two years ago this time, Thanksgiving. And well, <clears throat> he really had begun to get a different focus in his life. And his focus was more and more on Jesus Christ. And we shared some very tender moments talking about that. And it was stated as we were planning out his funeral service that somebody said, well, maybe a song that should be sung at his funeral is I did it my way. And so much of Rick's life, he, he did it his way. But at the end, he wasn't concerned about doing it his way. He was more concerned about keeping the focus on God. And I told my brother Randall, no, at that service, there's already going to be enough distraction. You recall, I was doing his funeral service from my dining room table because I'd just gotten over heart surgery two weeks earlier. The focus needed to be on doing things God's way, not being so prideful. We have this thing, I couldn't have done it without me kind of mentality. Psalm, one, Psalm 10 verse 4 reads, In his pride the wicked does not seek God. In all his thoughts, there is no room for him. Man, did you know that that verse was in the Bible? What a lesson for our culture today. Here's another reason. We're ungrateful is because of other people. Maybe it's because of the type of people we choose to surround ourselves with. Some of us live around such ungrateful, negative people that we soon turn grumpy and sour ourselves. And the time we spend with negative, ungrateful people will influence us whether we want it or not. What Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15.33 is very much true. Bad company corrupts good character. I mean, some people that we hang out with are so filled with negativity and complaints. Hey, do you know any of these people? Maybe a better question might be, are you one of these people? Because if you hang out with negative people, guess what? You're going to become negative. If you work a bunch around, around a bunch of negative people who never have anything good to say, chances are really good that you're going to become just like them. We pay way too much attention to negative stuff and social media and news. Even if you're not a thankful person by nature, if you spend, even if you are a thankful person by nature, if you spend time with complainers long enough, you will find yourself being just like them. 
Here's another reason. Maybe we're ungrateful just out of habit. Ingratitude and grumbling character traits become addictive, and some of us pick up a habit of complaining. Maybe we picked it up years ago, and we've not been able to shake it, and it's become a part, it's just ingrained in our nature. We do it so regularly, we don't even recognize it. Some of us complain all the time, and we don't even know we're doing it. It's so natural. And here's another reason we're ungrateful. It's because of our circumstances. It's hard to be grateful when life hits you hard. Health problems or trouble with family or financial difficulties, stressful situations at work. Oh, my goodness, natural disasters, war all around us, circumstances that seem to be caving in on top of us make it difficult to say thank you. Maybe you're here today and you're having a difficult situation. It's hard to get beyond that to see the blessings that God's given to you. I don't know what the reasons are. Maybe, maybe there's some other stuff that's going on in your life. It could be a combination of things and pride and affluence, habit or circumstances or other people. Whatever the case, I think all of us have room to learn to be more grateful. I'm only halfway done. But I want to give you some good news. There is a way that we can be grateful. Ways that we can really focus on changing our attitude toward thanksgiving. And the first one I give you is this. Remember how much gratitude pleases God. I mean, the first and most important thing that we're to seek after is the right relationship with Him. Love God above everything else. And if you love someone, you should be willing to please Him, that person or God, and what goes on. So I told you earlier, our family's coming for Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday and you all know Lynn well enough to know that everything's got to be just so-so I love that about her but it wears me out <laughs> I walked through the kitchen yesterday and I see well actually she drew my attention to it my list things that I need to get done. And it's not done yet. I mean, I worked through a bunch of them yesterday. I wasn't planning on it. I had other things in mind. But there it was, my list. Will you close your eyes for a moment? I mean, your ears for a moment, Lynn. <laughs> Do you know what? I started working on that list. You know why? Because I love her. And I wanted to please her. 
Now, the other side of that, some of those things have been on my list for like six months or longer. I, but I want her to be happy this week when family comes. By the same token, we ought to be grateful to God because we understand that it pleases Him. Psalm 50 23 says, Giving thanks is a sacrifice that honors me. It's a way of saying that gratitude honors God. It's a sacrifice, yes, but it honors God. We thank Him. God wants a thank you. And it should reach the level of sacrifice. Thank you, God, for all the things and all the interest you have in me. Thank you, God, that you take the time to teach me and lead me. Thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you, God, that you showed me mercy when you didn't have to. Thank you, God, that you didn't just leave me out there on my own all the time to try to work out my own salvation that you provided it. Thank you, God, that you did, you're not forsaking me when I'm going through a hard time in my life or through a bad situation. Thank you, God, for your presence in my life. I don't even know why you bother with me, God, but you do. So I th say thank you. God, thank you. Genuinely. And when we do that, it honors Him. Here's the second way that we can move to a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving. Stop complaining. Okay, I'm preaching to myself here. I went to a fast food restaurant the other day. It was not fast. 25 minutes to get me a hamburger. It wasn't in our town, so I'll leave you wondering which one it was. Complaining, grumbling, thwarts, gratitude. So we need to catch ourselves when we want to complain and stop it right away. Complaining is a gratitude problem. When we begin assuming blessings as rights and forget that we've been what we've been given and how little we actually deserve it, and when we forget to thank God for everything, we tend to start complaining. Avoid complaining at all costs. This is what Paul wrote about Philippians 2.14, do everything without complaining and arguing. It's pretty plain. How much better would life be if we don't complain all the time? I mean, how much better would marriages be and relationships be if we took this seriously? Stop. Do it without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. In other words, we've got a reputation as believers to uphold. Do it without complaining. Avoid complaining at all costs. Here's the next one. 
how we can move to a spirit of thanksgiving, choose to be thankful. Make it a personal choice to be thankful, to rejoice, even though it might be difficult, still be thankful. The Apostle Paul wrote these words, Rejoice in the Lord always, and if it wasn't enough for him to say it once, he says it twice. Again, I say rejoice. He made it a choice to be grateful. There probably was not anyone else who suffered more than the Apostle Paul, and yet he has the ability to write these words. Be joyful. Rejoice. Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances. The same guy writes this, For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say for everything. It says in those circumstances, whatever it is, still find a way to give thanks. The Message Bible says it this way. I love how this explains it. Be cheerful. Be cheerful no matter what, pray all the time, thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live, with gratitude. Philippians 4, 6, you're very familiar with this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. God, I know that you can be in this situation. I don't like where I am, but I'm going to trust you that while I'm going through it, I'm going to be grateful because I know that you're walking with me. It's evidence of trust. It's easy to, think, it's easy to be thankful in the good times, more difficult in the hard times. Make a habit of being thankful. Choose to and then make a habit of doing it. The more you do something, the more it becomes a habit. In order to be thankful people, we need to start to give thanks every day. Maybe it's multiple times a day to just see, God, show me where you're working in my life. Oh, man, I almost had an accident. Thank you, God, that you protected me. Oh, my goodness, my kids are sick, but they're getting better now. Thank you, God, for your healing. I mean, how many times can we thank God a day? Over a thousand? Easy. Make it a habit to be thankful. That changes our attitude. You say, well, man, I'm just not feeling too grateful because of what's going on. Okay. Let me, let me just finish up with this. If you're a Christ follower, here's a reason for you to be thankful. If you have nothing else in your life you can be grateful for, but you're lying to yourself if you do. But if you're a Christ follower, you can be thankful for this. You're chosen rather than forsaken. You're remembered rather than forgotten. You're loved rather than unloved. You're forgiven rather than condemned. You're free rather than bound. You're alive rather than dead. 
You're accepted rather than rejected. You're whole rather than broken. You're priceless rather than worthless. You're adopted rather than an orphan. You're hopeful rather than hopeless. You're known as opposed to being alone. You're a friend rather than being a foe or enemy to God. You're at peace with God rather than being an enemy. That's what we have as Christ followers. And maybe this was best of all. In Christ Jesus, you've been bought and paid for with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, are you like the nine today? Or are you like the one? Pray with me, please. Help us have hearts right now of gratitude like the one who did not forget to thank Jesus for saving his life. Thank you, Father, for choosing us. Thank you, Father, that I'm remembered. Thank you, Father, that I'm loved. Thank you, Father, that we can find forgiveness and that we're free from sin. And thank you, Father, for giving us life and that you've accepted us into your family, that you've taken what was broken and you made it whole. And Father, that we're priceless now, adopted into your family. And we have hope. In a world that is hopeless, there is only one hope, and we have it in you. And that you know us. That we're your friends. And that we're at peace in our relationship with you because we've been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Father. Maybe you're here today and there's a struggle going on in your life. being known or in that right relationship circumstances are caving in this moment of invitation take it to God and allow his blessings to flow Maybe you need to do some business here in this altar. Maybe you want to come and ask me to pray with you about something. Or if you have something that you need to take care of God in this time of invitation, then I encourage you, I invite you. Jesus is waiting for you to do it now as we stand and as we sing. For all that you've 
Thank you. Help us to have that attitude of gratitude. Not just this week, not a month from now, but daily in our walk with you. Thank you for what you do. It's in Jesus' name we're grateful. Amen. Maybe seated, please. that reminder pastor steve do want to remind you just a couple things one of our uh best ways to say thank you and just show some gratitude is uh through our christmas post office and um i want to just remind you that that opens up on november the 26th so if you're here and uh, you're a card sender um we encourage you to be a part of that christmas post office so instead of purchasing postage stamps that um, you would just send your postcards through that system and um, you would make a donation to the Lottie Moon International Missions offering um, in lieu of those postage stamps. So uh, that's just something we've done for a long time. And if you're new around here, we encourage you to jump in and be a part of that. It's a really awesome day. I want to remind you just about our annual Christmas decorating day. Uh, this coming next week, we'll be starting with Christmas hymns and uh, Christmas songs. And uh, just celebrating Christmas and the hope that 
uh, we have through Christmas. But on November 28th, that's a Tuesday um, at 9 o'clock, we uh, encourage you to come and join us if you can. And we're going to be decorating the whole campus. And uh, we've got some special things in store this year that are brand new that we're excited about. And uh, we're going to be feeding you lunch and just having a time of fellowship too. So if that's something you're able to do, we encourage you to do that. Ladies' ministry, favorite things. We've, we've talked a lot about it uh, last week. Uh, we said over, over 50 ladies from our church have participated in it. But today's your day. You've had a week to think about it. Sign up today. If you have any questions, see Lynn. Um, and this is just being, um, you know, good planners. They want to be able to be prepared for you um, in the best way possible and do this event uh, with excellence um, or, or so-so, as Pastor Steve says. They yeah. want to do a so-so. Yeah, well, what did I say? You said she likes things so-so. Oh. Lynn likes things so-so. Did I say that? Didn't, yeah, she said it. Yeah, said it. Oh, okay. But, we're, we're going to invite them to come to our house to give away some of those favorite things. <laughs> I'm in it. enough trouble as it is. I should <laughs> shut up. But that event is coming up um, on November 30th, and uh, it's a really fun event. I've, I've heard many ladies say it's their favorite event of the year. So uh, if you're not a part of that, if you're not a part of that, plan on being a part of that. Um, it's a lot of fun. So that's all I have. A lot of other uh, things on the list here. So make sure you're you're keeping up with that. The library right now is featuring Christmas and cookbooks. So there's an area that's it's, it's highlighted. Go by and check it out, um, ladies. If you want to have this amazing. Um, Thanksgiving that Pastor Steve's talked about, but hey, you're not you're not amazing in the kitchen. Pick up a cookbook, surprise everybody in your family, right? So. You're the one getting in trouble on that one. <laughs> so each year we also, at this time of the year, we 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 participate with the rest of the town in a photo stop, and we're going to be doing that uh, in fact Kelly and I are going to be working on it I think maybe Alvin's going to come tomorrow if you'd like to come and help us uh, build this photo stop we're going to be working on it tomorrow and possibly Tuesday we'll make some decision about that depending on how far we get uh, and, and this year we're going to do it we're going to set it up under the canopy so half of the drive-through will be cordoned off for this photo stop and um and it's going to be a really nice place for you to come get a picture with your family. And actually, we're going to have several different places within the building uh, to um, get your photos with family members inside and outside the building as well. So if you, if you want a family photo, then uh, you'll, you'll be hearing more about that. We hope to have it set up uh, not this week, but by next Wednesday, a week from Wednesday. So that's, that's going to be a great opportunity for the community to come together and be on campus as well as our, for our own church folks, okay? Thank you for being here today. Would you please stand? We're good? Ready to go home? Yeah. Thank you so much. I, um, after today, if you, I'm looking for an invitation to come spend Thanksgiving with someone. <laughs> Have a great week, folks. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what, we would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807.
One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.